All right, folks, welcome to TCH, the Crack House Podcast. My name is Michael Sullivan. Uh, thank you for joining me. If you like the show, listen, like, subscribe, share with your friends on YouTube. We're on, you know, Spotify, Apple, you know, share the show, get it out there. That, that That's how uh, that's how we get known. We have zero budget and we make zero money. Okay. Joining me today again, my buddy Chris Muskie Muskrat Muscolino from the bunker out in Suffolk County. What's up, dude? What's up, Big Mike? Nothing. I think I got pink eye, man. I don't know. I just got, I got a kid all the time. Remember? Yeah, I'm getting fucking beat up on every end, man. COVID, pink eye. I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, I guess we'll get into it. It's been a busy week. I mean, uh, we got the impeachment fucking <laughs> to me. It's a waste in, in the sense of like, it's a waste of time. He doesn't go to jail. Nothing. Ha- the, the biggest thing is he can't run in 2024. He's not testifying at all. So it's just basically like the two sides just argue. It's boring. It's just two sides arguing. It's people that love him and people that hate him. It, it, you know, I think people wanted him to like walk in like Colonel Jessup at the end of like a few good men or something and give like his, you can't handle the truth speech. I don't, you know, if there's someone that can do that, put that out on uh, make a meme of that or a video of that, put his head on Nicholson and I don't know, Pelosi on uh, Tom Cruise or something and give that whole speech. I lean one way. I mean, I, I just think like you, like you mentioned, Mike, I think it's a waste of time. I mean, I think what, you know, for people putting aside what, you know, you likes for the person, you know, uh, whether you like him or you hate him is the deal, man. I mean, they they basically use this whole impeachment thing, you know, in the pure partisanship, uh, pure partisan way. He Impeachment is used to get somebody out of office. He's not in office anymore. So really what you just said is, you know, for all intents and purposes, that's the intent of it. The intent of it is to prevent this guy from running four years from now. Now. You know, based on you know, what we talked about last week, you want to tie it into censorship and one way of train of thought and one political party in this country and really get into deep conspiracy theories. You know, I think that's you can kind of make a case for that. I mean, if you want to go down that route. But the way I look at it is, you know, the thing is dead on arrival. So they need 17 votes from, you know, senators to on, on the Republican side to get this guy impeached again. And at the very least, the only thing that you're going to accomplish is being able in a worst case scenario for him to prevent him from running again four years from now. He's already out. And, um, you know, I was watching some of the trials talking, you know, with the missus today about it. And, uh, you know, look, at the end of the day, you know, it's become, a, you know, not cool or, you know, in a worst case, you know, seriously, serious ramifications for you and your work life or with your friends or your family, if you question the results of that election or the validity of it. And then, you know, it's a whole step further with him in terms of, you know, quote, what he, what they're claiming that he did, which is inside. But, um, you know, what some of the argument I was watching and, and reading a little bit about it today, they were talking about how four years ago, people were claiming the same thing about the validity of his election. You know, it was a Russian, the Russians stole it, you know, um, and, you know, people were all over the media talking yeah. about it. You know, where was the disclaimers four years ago? You know, where was the disclaimers from Twitter? You know, um, you know, the, the election was fair. 
you know, how many times did you see Russian hoax in, a, in somebody's Twitter account or Facebook? So or not my president. And basically what they're saying is that, you know, it didn't really start with the speech that he gave on January 6th, but it started like before then when he was putting in people's minds that the election would have been stolen, that it wasn't valid. Yeah. And my my response to that was, where was it four years ago, you know, when the other side did it and they questioned the validity of the election? You know, um, I think the whole thing's a sham, to be honest with you. They're not going to get the votes. It's going to be dead. And the worst thing for them, you know, is four years from now, you know, if he's going to have a lot of ammunition if he wants to run again, whether he gets elected or not, who knows? Yeah, it's kind of like it's like saying like Michael Jordan can't play basketball anymore. He's 60 years old. He's never playing again. You know, like they find some blemish on his records. Well, you're not playing basketball anymore. Yeah, he's still the greatest basketball player of all time. And you're in the Hall of Fame. Right. I mean, it's it's like you said, it's done and over with. And here's I was just thinking about this. If he does get impeached, I was watching the news today. They said they need like 11 more senators, I think, to swing the vote. They had six votes. Yeah, they they had six. They had six that voted on the constitutionality of it. And they need another 11, I guess, for it to, to pass. And it's not happening, you know, I mean. But, but here's a crazy thing. OK, it does happen. He yeah. gets impeached. I was just thinking I'm walking my dog and this is what I'm thinking. It's going to be like Ivanka 2024. He's going to have one of his kids run. If he gets impeached, he's going to make one of his kids run, man. Yeah, like, maybe. He, he is, like you said, he's going to load up the ammunition. He's going to load the ammo in the gun, man. And he's just going to go ballistic even... and run it from like behind the scenes. Yeah. And have one of these kids out there and he's just going to keep spewing it. You know, I, I think you hit it on the head, Mike. I think that he's going to run it behind the scenes. But I think, you, you know, you're, you're you know, if you really dislike the guy and you don't want to see you know him ever again, the worst the next worst thing to him, obviously, than getting elected again four years from now, which would be atrocious for people that really dislike him, is the fact that, like you said, he's going to pull the strings. I don't think his kids are going to run because I don't think they have the pull that he does. But let's put it this way. He could, you know, he could realistically make his own party, his own political yeah. party, really hurt the Republicans. And um, what I would say to you is also that, um, you know, in terms of the people that do like him, you're going to enrage them. You're going to absolutely right. If you think I don't anticipate something happening like January 6th again, but you are going to enrage the moderate person that likes this guy because they're going to see through the bull, the BS, which is really what it is. And they're going to see it as a ploy to stop this guy from running again. And basically, you know, the last couple of shows that I've been on with you, you know, the last show that I've, I've really hit on one thread and the thread of censorship. Now you're talking about, he censor people's thoughts. He censors people's stuff on Facebook and social media. And now you're censoring their candidate, you know, in terms of a lot of people feel like the guy legitimately won. And there's evidence, like I said last week, to suggest it. And unlike four years ago, if you say that or voice it, you view it as a crazy person. And my thing is, regardless if he gets impeached or not, if he does get impeached, I think it's got really, really bad ramifications for the Democratic Party and for the people that really, really, you know, were behind him. I think it just galvanizes him, you know, whether he, like you say, he has his kids run or like, say, for example, he starts his own political party. I think it's bad news for both of those, both Democrats and Republicans, if they go down that route. Well, well, if I think if he does uh, splinter off from the Republican Party, he's going to destroy the Republican Party. Absolutely. You know, he's taking 70 million votes with or even if he takes half that 35 million. 
the Democrats will just walk forever for the next five presidential elections, probably till they figure it out. Um, and yeah. And, and, you know, but, it's a, the bigger pissing matches with him and I guess guys like Romney and the McCain family, you know, he didn't lose Utah, but he lost Arizona. Yeah. Partly that was because the wife of McCain, you know, galvanized, you know, people to go the other way, you know, and I think that really that hurt him, you know, because Arizona was a swing state. And I do agree with you. I think that if it goes that route and they they make their own political party, he makes his own political party. I think, you know, the Republicans are really, really in a load of shit. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I do. I, I he loves the attention so much. He's going to have like I said, I think he's going to have one of these kids run. Either Don Jr. or Ivanka. And look at Ivanka, yeah. the first woman president. He would love that. You don't yeah. think he, he would he would slap Ivanka's face on everything. He'd make Ivanka buildings or whatever, he, you know, the Ivanka Casino down in Atlantic City. You know, I, think, face, you I think it's a good idea, Darren. And maybe they do have a shot based on name alone, but I, I just don't know if those kids have the juice that he has, you know. A lot I mean, of, uh, they, they, you know, a lot yeah. of people like him. A lot of people like his kids. I mean, Don Jr. Yeah. comes out now. He's like, you know, Joe Tough guy. He's calling people out. The daughter, you know, came off very, very smart, very like astute when she was out there. I mean, who knows? Yeah, it's going to be curious. I mean, I think it's a I think it's a viable option. I think realistically what's going to happen, it's going to be dead. They couldn't get enough people to they couldn't get enough Republican senators to vote on the constitutionality of it. You know, whether or not it should even have gone to trial based on the fact that the guy's not in office. So if you can't get 17 votes to, to you know, to, to declare it constitutional, you know, why proceed? You know, and I think a couple of people in both the House on both sides you know, kind of argued it. You know, you're just you're wasting everybody's time. And, uh, you know, like I said, for the moderate person, just looking at it at a glance, you know, people like you and me, you're like you really connect the dots. I mean. You just don't want the guy running again. I mean, pure and simple. Whether you like the guy or hate the guy. Yeah. Exactly. Um, all right. Enough of the impeachment. We'll we'll find out in a few more days. Yeah. And uh, we'll see what's what. The other big story out of New York is Governor Cuomo. Holy shit. Like, Talked about is, last week, right? Yeah, this is the shit. The shit's hitting the fan. It looks like we're uh, Andy. It ain't good. Well, here's where here's my take on it. I thought that I thought if President Biden got elected, I thought that the chances of him getting prosecuted would have been far less and minimalized. Whereas I thought if Trump had gotten reelected, I thought this would have been fast tracked where they really would have gone after him. Yeah. Big DOJ investigation. Right. Get go. Yeah. I was listening to Joe Rogan the other night and they were talking about, you know, he had Elon Musk on and they were talking about how you really your vote doesn't count in New York state because the state always goes Democratic. Same deal in, in, in California. If you're Republican, it's the same deal as being a Democrat in Texas. Right. So what they were talking about is that come hella high water, you know, New York is always going to go Democrat, at least in our lifetime, barring some unforeseen for circumstance. And I think with what came out today in the post and all the stuff that's coming out, the numbers, the fact that they lied to prevent the feds from really getting into their asses last year. I think a guy like Biden is like, you know what? Four years from now, if I decide to run again or Kamala is going to run again, uh, you know, run for president, we're going to get New York no matter what. So for us to hurt a New York governor and take a New York governor down, it doesn't matter. We're still going to get elected. 
And I think there's like a, really, a, you know, like we were talking about last week, there's overwhelming evidence that this guy really, you know, I mean, it's unconscionable what the guy did. I mean, you know, the numbers in New York State are beyond, they're like double what some small countries are in terms of COVID deaths. Every other state, I mean, the death rate is through the roof. And a majority of it was with the, um, you know, with the elderly, which he was directly responsible mm-hmm. for. And then for the press person to come out and say, hey, look, we lied to keep, you know, Trump and the DOJ off our asses. And then you tie in the other end, you know, what we were talking about last week, as far as, you know, the suppression of news in this country, where, you know, a month or two, you know, before the election, there was damaging evidence against Biden, you know, with his with his son's laptop. And they suppressed the whole the whole story. All sorts of big media suppressed it. And, um, you know, as far as Twitter, Twitter actually censored the New York Post, his account, you know, questioning the validity of it. And I bring it up because now you talk about CNN and CNN's one of the biggest, you know, news outlets out there. Right. The guy's brother is a main a main reporter, Chris Cuomo. Right. All right. right. You you know where I'm getting at? No, I know where you're going, but I I actually have I'm actually going to defend CNN when you're done. Okay, go ahead. So. Okay. Before we you go down that road, the last story I just watched was on CNN, and he got slammed for a good five minutes. Like they're yeah. they're showing both sides of the story. I mean, he's getting slammed by the Democratic Party. Uh, How he is? Yeah. That, that Democrat, uh, the Democrats up in New York State Legislature. Uh, there's at least ten of them so far saying like he, uh, the Republican leader said he should be impeached. Yeah. There's 10 Democrats saying this has to be an investigation. Letitia James is basically going to get pressured mm-hmm. to open up a big investigation about right. this. I mean, he, like I said, it, it is not looking good for him. I, now, again, with his brother on that show, does a brother take a leave of absence while this is going on? I Who think, knows? I, I, yeah, I think you're right. But what I, I guess what I was getting at for the audience out there is that, you know, why did this stuff come to light last year? You know, why didn't it come to light in October or last summer when this shit was happening? You know, just like the, the laptop, you know, the FBI, you know, your ex-law enforcement, they had that laptop for a whole year. The FBI had that laptop for a whole year. Why'd you sit on it? You know, same deal with the CNN. You know, this is such a big story. And now all of a sudden you're, you're clamoring for the guy's head. Where was the outrage last year? You know, you had the numbers. Now you just have a little bit of smoking gun in terms of, you know, well, you know, we lied to keep them off our ass. I mean, it's just it's a bad look, man. It really is. And to to go a little further with the Cuomo thing, I did a story on the, the podcast about three months ago about how, like, right before the election. These numbers, these numbers were supposed to come out. Right. There was a Republican think tank group up in Albany petitioning. For the debts in the funeral homes, there's a it's like a certain computer program they had just for COVID with the breakdown of all the deaths and it had it down to the nursing homes and everything uh, else. And what happened was uh, the FOIL Act, it's called, the Freedom of Information. Right. Uh, they said, we are not releasing any of this till after the election. So like they, you know, like you said, they knew. They knew. They knew, they knew it was going to damage Biden. If this came out, it would damage New York and damage Biden. So they were like, you know what? We'll hold off until until after the election or right. until, uh, until someone brings this up again. Then it'll come out by by November. By the end of November, it's too late anyway. He won. It, it's over. 
And what I think is what I alluded to before with, with, with the podcast with Rogan and Musk, you know, I don't think it damages Biden at all because let's, let's, let's put things in perspective. He's going to get New York again, no matter what, four years from now. Right. Yeah. You know, or whoever runs. Yeah. Like you said, he's right? winning the state, no matter what. He's winning the state anyways. So you got all this damaging evidence and, and guess what? If he throws Cuomo to the wolves, right. Which he will, which he probably will, you know, for the people on the right and the Republicans, it's going to give him some cred. You know what I'm yeah. saying? They're going to be like, well, you know what? Maybe he isn't so bad. Maybe he isn't as partisan as, you know, we'd like to believe. And, you know, maybe we can kind of get behind the guy's message of, you know, trying to unify people. And if it, you know, if it costs Cuomo, you know, you know, so be it. Yeah. And I would say I'll, I'm going to throw on my tinfoil hat for like 30 seconds. Yep. When Biden was running about a month or two before the election, I mean, Cuomo was the darling. He won the Emmy. He wrote a book. Everyone loved right. him. He had him tapped for attorney general. Look, the, I heard the I story heard must have came, you know, the story. Yeah. Might, they must have gotten the info back in probably like September, October, like get away from get as far away from this guy as you can. There were rumors. If you remember, I don't know if you heard it, but like last June or July, when he was bunkered down and you really weren't seeing him and there were questions about the guy's health and dementia and all this stuff. Yeah. You know, there, there was talk about them at the at the convention replacing Biden with Cuomo as the presidential yeah. nominee. Oh, I mean, he like I said, he was the media darling. They gave him a bullshit Emmy right. for like nothing just because he came on TV every day. Right. He was he was trying to be like the way Rudy Giuliani was after 9-11. Right. It was That's like, right. I'll, I'll come out every day. I'll keep everybody calm. I'll tell you what's going on. And now there's another layer, Mike. I don't know if you read it today. So they're talking about a travel ban to Florida. Mm-hmm. And here's, here's my deal. I've had numerous conversations about Cuomo. I'm not I'm not a fan of him whatsoever. Wasn't of his father. I know they're Italian. I know the father <laughs> went to St. John's and stuff. I can't stand them. I can't stand their politics. That's just my take. But here's the deal. Last March, if you remember, they closed New York State down at the last available minute. To to give the California governor credit, they had shut down shit about two weeks prior to New York and California. In New Jersey and in Connecticut, they shut it down about a week or two before. He waited to the last minute, and then he was going back and forth with de Blasio in terms of closing down the schools and everything, right? Then about a month afterwards stuff really started to spiral out of control. And he started getting into it with the president about how he wanted to ban people coming into New York state. Hmm. And actually Trump, Trump had suggested it. Trump said, Hey, look, you know what? Because New York is such a hotbed of infections. Yeah. And why don't we do this? Why don't we close down the state and, you know, people from Rhode Island and New Jersey and Connecticut, you know, just to prevent the spread of it. And he, if you go back in the papers and you read what that guy said, he declared it a war, you know, on this on the state of New York. It was unconstitutional, all sorts of rhetoric going back and forth. And the reality of it was New Jersey suffered. People in Connecticut suffered. All these neighboring states suffered because the reality of it is people who are on lockdown here, they just went elsewhere. They went to their summer homes. They went to places and they spread it. So now all of a sudden you're looking at numbers in New Jersey that kind of are similar to New York, you know, mm-hmm. you, look at, you know, infection rates in Connecticut, same deal. And now. Nine months later, it's okay for a travel ban to Florida. Why? Because it's a Republican governor down there. You know, why? Because they, they don't feed into every single thing that, you know, for, you know, for Fauci talks about, you know, it's just, I don't know, man. Again, it's just not a good look, you know? Yeah. They just, I mean, both sides of the aisle, they, they, 
they want to say they love you and then they're stabbing you in the back with this like it's anything to get an inch and, and we talked about it right know, the, i mean you know, if 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 cuomo if trump would have won there's no way restaurants would be opening up this weekend in new york city absolutely not and i'm listen i'm glad about it you know also on a positive note I saw they're they're putting ten percent or twenty percent back of people in sports stadiums, which is cool. Yeah. But like on every nice you know thing that you see about this stuff about us you know potentially getting back to normal, you read an equally damaging thing that talks about how this thing could linger on for years. Now you got to wear double masks. Hmm. Oh, now it, you know maybe it's not over in the summer. Oh, maybe it's going to linger for the next couple of years with this bullshit. You know, it's just like you don't know what to believe at anymore. It really is. I mean, what did oh. we do? We celebrated the year anniversary of the two week flattening of the curve last week. Yeah. I mean, you know, come on. I mean, I, I get it. You and I both got it. I mean, yeah. we got it. It sucked. But you got to, you know, you got to kind of like get on with your life, too. You can't just keep fear mongering like like we I mean, we've already talked about this ad nauseum. You had underlying conditions. It, it's going to get worse. Uh, there's a guy I know from uh narcotics i won't give his name out he's been on a ventilator for a month crazy and, and it, it's not looking good supposedly and uh you know I, you know the guys in my prayers and uh i hope he makes it out our age bracket yeah yeah it, 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 you know like you said it, dude we've known we've we've known people in our age bracket that have died from this yeah, and they all had you know they had underlying conditions it, it, it's a terrible thing and then on the flip side you know you think about it and it's like how much you know, for the skeptics out there and the people who are conspiracy theories, you know, now you look at it from the other end, you know, you get such conflicting information and you think about how much is this being used to control us? How much is it being used to control our thought processes, our behavior, you know, our viewpoints on even other cultures and places, right? Um, and who's to say that, you know, this thing doesn't last four years from now where they can kind of manipulate it, you know, to the point where, you know, again, you're dealing with all these mail-in ballots and all these other things that could really seriously alter an election, you know, because the reality of it is these mail-in ballots, which is, I guess, the crux of, you know, the election fraud theory is 99% of them go Democratic. You know, I mean, I was looking at that election night, right? You had 95% of the precincts, you know, in some states that were swing states. When I woke up 10 in the morning, they swung two to 300,000 votes the other way. So you're talking about mail-in votes and almost 99% of them going for one candidate or one political party. And now you look at, you know, the COVID stuff and you're like, okay, is it legit? You know, I mean, we experienced it, like you said, so it's legit, but how much is it really being used to, you know, and how much is it being politicized to, you know, for the conspiracy theories out there, you know, that, you know, to control us. So, yeah, like, like, like I said, this is, this is great. It's, it's great tinfoil hat fodder in the sense of, Okay, a year from now, uh, let's shut the country down for two months. All right, right. now we got a spike. Everything's locked down. Or the same thing, four years from now. Let's just say four years from now, it's not Biden running, it's Kamala Harris, whoever the Republicans have running. And for whatever reason, the Republican candidate is 30 points ahead in every poll. Oops, shut it down. Listen, we got to shut this down. It's going to be like uh, everything's going to be completely mail-in ballots now. We don't want anyone going to the polls. And, you know, like like you said, it, it's, a, it's a very easy scare tactic. Now. Right, man. 
and, and a very easy. Schedule. You know, I'm sure we're going to talk about this in a little while, but I mean, look at the Super Bowl. I mean, for months, can't go into a sports mm-hmm. stadium, right? No, no spectators, mm-hmm. right? Now all of a sudden, you're looking at the Super Bowl, and you got forty thousand people in the stands. So even though it's reduced, you know, what's the difference between getting people there and then people at a like a baseball game or a basketball game, for that matter? I know they're opening it up in a couple of weeks in New York State, but you know, what's the difference, man? You know, what changed? You know, is it just because it's the biggest event in, in, in the country, you know, sporting wise? And there's a ton of advertising dollars and all the things. All yeah, of a sudden, people, yeah, people want to make money, you know, like it, you know? it eventually does come down. Uh, we we got to get the businesses rolling again. Man. You can't just, just go into New York City if you can and just see all the places that have gone out of business. Yeah, it's go, or, or go on, go on Facebook. Just uh, go on social media and see all the local businesses that have just been crushed because of this. Or even uh, people like, you know, uh, you know, religious services, whatever denomination you are, Catholic, Jew, Muslim, whatever, you know. OK, so you can go out and protest. Or you could do this and that or you can have this business open, but you can't go to your church or if someone dies. You can't go to a funeral or you can't go to a, have a wedding. You know, it just. Again. You don't know how much of it is legit, you know, and, you know, again, I'm not trying to diminish the thing in any ways. I'm not trying to be the conspiracy yeah. theory guy at all. But, you know, you could go ad nauseum as far as, the, you know, the hypocrisy of, you know, the procedures and, you know, the politics of it all, you know, which kind of I think it makes it worse for some people. Because I think there are people that are really far to the one side of the political spectrum or the other that they take this stuff and, you know, they're really they propagated as far as the, the, you know us being able to control the, the disease you know in the sense that they think it's complete bullshit from one side or the other now they don't wear masks now they don't do things and they're part of the problem but you know i gotta be honest with you even in the middle you know just looking at it objectively there's a lot of bullshit on you know that makes you really question the whole thing no it, it, it is you, you have to find like you said, you people in the people have to start coming to the center and having normal, rational discussions about this. Yeah, it can't be no mask and I can spit in people's mouths whenever I want. And I'm not going to wear 17 masks to go to CVS to buy a pack of gum either. Right. You know, you, know, right, you got to wear two masks, right? Or if I want to, you know, I want to go to a go to a concert or go to a football game or a baseball game. You know, I want to go. You know, you you can't shut everything down. Um, Speaking of like that type of censorship going into like another censorship thing. We had the whole uh, the girl from the Mandalorian. We talked about the Mandalorian last week. Right. And uh, Gina Carano got fired for basically uh, putting a a tweet out where she compared like uh, Trump supporters to like the Jews with the Nazis coming after them, I think. She said something to the effect of comparing how it is to be Republican in this country and conservative in this country. And the way the people were treated in the Holocaust is the way that the Republicans are being treated and the conservatives are being treated here in this country, which is a ridiculous analogy. Mm-hmm. But the point I made, I put something up on Twitter. One guy went back at me and I shut him down pretty quickly. You know, you heard that shit for the last four years on the opposite end of the spectrum. How many times did you hear Trump is Hitler? You know, I got into an argument with someone I took off Facebook. She was a college friend of mine, Jewish woman. 
And like the day after the guy got elected, she's telling me how he's anti-Semitic. And I'm like, Israel loves the guy. His grandkids are Jewish. His, his son-in-law is Jewish. What are you talking about? Oh, he's Hitler, you know, and, and everything, you know, it goes on both sides. You know, they said the same shit about Hillary. You know, look, if you know history, you know, and we, we come from the same background, you know, my grandfather and your grandfather lived in bomb shelters and fought against the Nazis in World War II. A U.S. politician is nothing like Adolf Hitler. Sorry. Now, what she said was comparing the Republicans, you know, the way they're treated to the way that the Jews were treated in the Holocaust. Meanwhile, three months ago or two months ago, no, not even a couple of weeks ago, Arnold Schwarzenegger had a whole video comparing the riot on the Capitol to the night of broken glass where the Nazis destroyed all the Jewish businesses in World War II. So where was the outrage there? Where was the, well, granted, he's not, I, I guess he doesn't have any sort of like um, shows at this point where he could potentially get fired or a movie he can get thrown off. But where was the outrage there? And, you know, I, I don't know if you saw the tweet that the guy responded to me. He said, well, uh, Arnold's 75 years old and, you know, he's an Austrian and he was giving his background. Hey, World War II ended in 1945. The guy was born in 47. Yeah. So don't talk to me about the guy's background. It's the same bullshit. You know, just you don't like the person's point of view and her 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 political affiliations. But where were all the people? Where was the all the outrage when? You know, people on the left did it towards Trump or towards a Republican. Oh, he's a Nazi. He's Hitler. He's this. He's that. Blah, blah, blah. You know, you can't have it both ways, man. I mean, if you if you don't like that analogy, you can't have one candidate. You can't have one person get condemned for it. And the other person on the opposite end of the spectrum, no matter which way you lean, be OK with it. You know, if you don't like the analogy, just have it across the board. You can't say it. It's ridiculous. You know, I mean. No, she can't. Yeah, she got, you know, she's gone. And like you said, like with Schwarzenegger, like wasn't his dad kind of like in the Nazi party? And, right. you know, right. Uh, I, I like you said, I don't think she should have like the, the comparison is crazy, but I also look at it, too. I You know, when people if you want to go swing the pendulum the other way, uh have a social experiment where you put a MAGA hat on somebody and have them walk through Manhattan and see how they treat it. Oh, sure. And I'm, I'm going to say that's exactly like not absolutely not. But let's just see how they treat it. Have them walk through Union Square Park. And, let, and, and let's see what's said to them. Right. Or, or let me ask you a question. How many accounts on Twitter? You know, we all we all saw it a couple of months ago. How many accounts on Twitter in 2016 had a disclaimer? Every time the Russian hoax was mentioned, you know, questioning the validity of the 2016 election, which is really what they talked about at the at the trial today in the last couple yeah. of days. They're like, look, you know, he was questioning the validity of the election, but you can't say that now because that's bad. If you say it, you know, you're yeah. a loony, you're yeah. this and that. But four years ago, you people were doing the same thing on the opposite side. You were talking about how it was, I guess, I think Chuck Schumer or Pelosi talked about the election being hijacked. Where was Twitter's disclaimer, you know, saying, hey, look, you know, 2016 election was valid. They didn't have it. And I guess the point I'm trying to make is that, again, it's the hypocrisy of it all. You know, one side can say it, but the other side can't. And the other side can say it because they've got the social media and old school media allowing them to do it. Yeah. Repercussions. Going back to Cuomo for a moment. You know, 
why was the Hunter Biden laptop story suppressed in, you know, in October? You know, why was the validity of the New York Post, not me or you talking about it on Twitter, the New York Post, a legitimate news outlet? Why was their story shut down? Why was their account locked out for for basically two weeks on Twitter? You know, uh, why was, you know, any of this stuff suppressed? Why wasn't why wasn't CNN talking about the, the elderly and the nursing home stuff last summer when the numbers were right there? You know, again, just pure suppression. And again, it's just a hypocrisy, you know, I, and I think it's a bad way where we're going in this country. For Gina Carano, I liked her. I thought she was great in the, in, in the, in the, um, in the Mandalorian. And, and in all fairness to the people that, you know, are the opposite point of view, I get it. You know, she didn't just make the tweet about the, the Holocaust. She made a couple other, you know, far right type, you know, comments that, yeah. you know, could be, you know, contrived. As really I get it. I mean, it's true. She works for a private company. If right. They don't like what you say. Like you work for a private company. Right. No, I worked for, for a city agency where you could not have political beliefs while you were working. Right. Like, you know, there, there's a, a female cop that just got in trouble. She had like right. a Trump yeah. patch on. Right. And, you know, she's probably going to lose like 10 vacation days, 10 days more. She's got to work. You know, probably it's going to cost her. Technically, if you figure out the work days, it's like over a thousand dollars. Yeah. hundred dollars that she's got to, you know. I get it. I get it. And look, for all those who are watching, you know, for my employer who may who may look at this, my views don't represent my employer, period. You know, yeah. you know I, I don't think I'm saying anything outlandish here, but, um, you know, I get it. You know, when you work for an employer, you know, you're subject to their, you know, to their rules. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to cost them business with your viewpoints because people construing your viewpoints as theirs. Look, I get it. I do. But all I'm saying is just be fair about it. You know, if, if if one party, if if you don't like, if you don't like a thought process, or if you don't like an analogy, just be consistent, man. Yeah. You know, you know, don't say one one party. And it just seems like I and I've seen this over and over again for the last twenty years. Anybody on whatever side of the political spectrum that you lie, if you don't like the other party, automatically they become Hitler. And it's like yeah. it's like such a babyish response. It's like, you know read a history book, read about what this guy did, you know, read about, you know, how ridiculous it is to compare a U.S. politician to the greatest mass murderer of the 20th century. I mean, it just, you know, I'm sure you get people that argue with that too, you know, and get real cute with, you know, you as far as, you know, but I, I don't know. I just think it's ridiculous. Yeah. It, it's whenever you hear things like that, it's people, you know, the, there's the old saying, what is it? It's, it's easy to be a socialist or a communist in a free society, but it's hard to be free in a communist or a socialist society. Sure. Like you could say whatever you want, um, you know, and especially like the, the a lot of these young kids now of Nazi, 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 <clears throat> you know, your grandfather fought the Nazis. He's not a Nazi. I mean, it kills know. me, Mike, because look, I have a, I have some friends. I have one friend in particular and, and, and the grandfather was a Nazi. I love him, you know, but I'm of the yoke and I've gotten into arguments with my wife, who's part German, you know, that for somebody with a Nazi background, even though they don't practice that, they don't believe that stuff. Don't get up on a soapbox and tell me about how what I'm saying or doing could be construed as racist. You know, you know, you know, uh, yeah. it, it, it kills me because your your grandparents and my grandparents came from Malta and Malta. My, my grandmother lived in a bomb shelter for four years. My father, my grandfather fought in the RAF against the Nazis. 
And for somebody with Nazi heritage in their background, regardless of whether what kind of person they are now, I don't want to hear anything about it. You know how I shouldn't say something or I shouldn't do something or I'm being racist. You're in no position to do anything, man. You're, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I don't want to hear it. And, you know, look, I guess some people will watch this be like, that's ridiculous. I get into arguments with my wife all the time who's part German. You know, she's like, well, you know, you should be held responsible for your ancestors or, you know, stuff that you're, you know, people did 100 years ago, 50 years ago. Yeah, I get it. I just don't want you to freaking get up on a soapbox and tell me about it with that in, in, in your in your closet. You know? No, you're uh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, we could talk all night about this. We could like go just in circles. Right. About this type of logic. Like you said, it, it's the, the, the country has gotten to a point now where with both political parties is the extremes control both sides of the party and that middle ground it, it it's like the little kid and the parents are getting divorced and they're trying to pull you to each side and i mean i i think you need someone you know to come out you you need a politician to come out and say listen there's there's good sides there's good good intentions on both sides I agree with we have that. to bring them out yeah. and, and, and we can't deal with the fringe bullshit anymore because that's what it's coming down to. It, 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 you know, pe people have talked about all oh, the uh, what is it like a democracy, like the average length of a democracy is usually like 250 years. I think if right. you go through history and we're past that by well, 40 years, I think right now. We're pushing almost, uh, you know, what, 300 years. Uh, and, you know, if we keep letting the fringe control shit, you know, it is going to like that capital. What happened in January is just going to be like the tip of the iceberg where you're going to see you're going to see that happen in states. You're going to you're going to see red states and blue states where, where you know, red state people are going to be like. I'm not having this anymore. We're doing it my way now. And, and, and these, yeah. you know, these like militias and whatever uh, people are just going to band together. You know, you're going to see guys with those, that, that fucking bull hat on and the, the red, white and blue face. You're going to see a lot of that shit. Yeah. And you're going to see States of like fucking Portland, Oregon. Right. The opposite with, way with the opposite, but it's still going to be violence. Right. You know, and, and they're going to do shit their way. You know, I, I listen, I think a lot of it's got to do with the media politicizing it as well. You know, showing you the fringes. I think most people, I think most people, and I think most people in America are good people. I really truly believe that no matter which way you lean, you know, I think that inherently American people are good people, you know, despite what the media shows you. Yeah. I think the media shows you shit on both ends to get ratings. I think they show you the extremists because guess what? People click on that. People read about it. People watch TV about it. Yeah. People like you and me, we're not interested. You know, <laughs> you know, you put me or you on a, on a TV show. Nobody's watching it. I mean, I looked at the viewership on these YouTube things and granted it's, you know, it's an emerging podcast, but, you know, I'm sure, you know, if we were talking outlandish shit, you know, I'm sure you get a lot more viewership, you know, whatever thing, you know, whatever the end of the spectrum that we leaned. But um, I inherently, I, I believe people are good people in America. I really do. No matter what the extremists, you know, say and what the media may, you know, you know, show you, I think inherently we're good people. I really do. And I can tell you, 
you know, if you watched me with Mike the last couple of shows, I voted both ways the last 25 years. I voted for Republicans and Democrats. I'm not ashamed to say, it, you know, and, you know, I think I've put this on my Facebook account. I voted for Bill Clinton. You know, I voted for Bob Dole. I voted for George Bush both times. I voted for Obama the first time. And I voted for uh, Mitt Romney the second time and, and Trump uh, two times. You know, you want to hang me, you know, for, for saying that, you know, but that just goes to show you. I mean, as much as you may look at me or hear me or, you know, hear what Mike's saying and think that, hey, look, I'm some extremist. I'm a guy that's voted both ways. And I believe that in this country, you know, I think there are a lot more people like me and like you than, you know, what you see, you know, in terms of like horn guy with the American flag face on the Capitol or, you know, the Antifa person out in Portland who's, you know, doing bad shit on both ends. So I hope you're wrong. I hope, listen, I hope things come more to the middle. I think we get back to some sort of normalcy. I just think that on both ends, you know, you have a lot of problems. And I think when it comes to the media and stuff like, you know, the Gina Carano thing, I mean, look, I don't care whether you think she's crazy or not. I mean, just again, be consistent, you know, because if you're not consistent, it causes resentment. You know, why is one person able to get away with that kind of stuff and the other party's not? You know, why is Madonna allowed to have a Twitter account? She talked about blowing up the White House a week in, into the guy's presidency. Why is Johnny Depp allowed to have a freaking Twitter account? He talked about assassinating the guy and moving to Europe. You know, it goes on and on and on. Yeah. You know, Bruce Springsteen, I love his music, but he talked about unifying us, you know, for the last, you know, three weeks. <laughs> Where were you the last four years where you were basically <laughs> characterizing everybody that voted for Trump or supported him as some sort of fucking white right wing nut job? Yeah, that, that, that was the real that, that, that was one of my problems with this. The, the last election of the second he won, he came out and said, I want to unify. Well, if I voted for Trump, then you basically just called me a Nazi for the last 10 months. Right. And now you're my buddy. You know, I mean, come on, listen, th- I to, that was that was the problem. Yeah. And I'm trying to give him a fair shot. <coughs> He's the president. You know, I respect mm-hmm. him. But, you know, again, just be consistent, man. You know, I mean, we can go back and look at, you know, you know, they're whole, going back to the whole impeachment thing that we talked about. You know, they talked about how he incited the violence and the riot. Well, I saw a video and we all saw it last year about Maxine Waters talking about harassing people who, you know, voted for Trump or the Trump administration. Don't let them sit. Don't let them eat. You know, we saw Twitter accounts from AOC talking about how to riot, you know, how to, you know, propagate a riot. You know, this is what you need to do. And it goes on and on and on and on. And like the thing that I saw today, you know, going back to the trial for a second is they were, ta- they were hinging on the word fight like hell. Well, Joe Biden said it. A couple of them said it last year. You know, it's the whole context of it. Again, just be consistent. If you don't like the terminology, if you don't like what, you know, somebody's saying, just be consistent one way or the other, you know, no matter what way you lean. But, you know, I saw I put something on Facebook about Twitter censorship and Facebook censorship a couple of weeks ago. One of our mutual friends talked about, well, it's a private company, you know, and they can get to do whatever the hell they want. That's fine and well, you know, because the reality of it is, you're okay with it because your train of thought is permitted and the other party's not. If the shoe's on the other foot, you probably wouldn't feel that way. And as far as it being public, guess what? I know you and I've talked about it. The internet, it wasn't built by Facebook or Twitter or any of these companies or Google. It was built by tax dollars paid by you and me, yeah. you know, to, to provide the infrastructure, you know, the optics, the optic cables that were put through these streets and the cable towers. So, 
you know, who's to say why a couple of people in these these big tech companies get to decide what is said and what's good and what's not? I don't know. I just I feel bad for the girl because at the end of the day, I mean, she probably shouldn't have said some of the things that she did. I don't agree with the Nazi analogy yeah. on either end of the spectrum. Nah, it was too much. No, it was too much. Yeah. But on the flip side, I mean, you shouldn't be losing your, yeah. you know, your livelihood either. You know, I, I think that's bullshit as well. I uh, mean, uh, what is it? Before he died, one of his last interviews, Carlin, George Carlin said, like, he couldn't believe. He goes, he always expected the outrage from the right, the political correct yeah. bullshit outrage from the right. He goes, it's a problem that it's coming from the left. He goes, yeah. these are the people who are supposed to question authority. These are, you know, the, the, the left wingers, the liberals are the ones that are supposed to question it, are supposed to push the boundaries. And he goes, now they're censoring it. And he goes, that's going to be the problem of the future. And I mean, he's been dead almost f- maybe 15 years now. So yeah. I mean, he, 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 yeah. I know you're a big fan of him. Yeah, he, he saw into the future, man. He, he knew what was going on. So, uh, all right, enough politics i guess shit we're like 45 minutes in already um let's uh all right how was the super bowl so here's my take man you know i had a big conversation with a couple of my buddies we all you know they're big sports fans big gamblers for me personally that was the worst super bowl that in in my lifetime and what i mean by that is in terms of gameplay in terms of commercials in terms of the whole package, the halftime show, I just thought it was a complete shit show. I thought the game sucked. I thought the commercial sucked. I thought the halftime show was abysmal. And I think it reflected in the ratings. You know, there have been other bad games. Oh, yeah. You know, remember in the 80s, you know, the Broncos, the Bills a couple times getting destroyed. You know, now, um, the last one, the last blowout I remember was the Seattle Broncos. I mean, that game was from the unwatchable. Yeah. Unwatchable. Just unwatchable. And you know what? Um, you know, listen, I give all credit to Tom Brady. I mean, was, the story in itself was good. But I just think that the whole thing for me, I mean, I'm watching. I was go- I was falling asleep during it. It was horrible. And then I don't know for who, you know, who watched it, but I didn't get the whole underwear on their heads, you know, during the weekends, halftime show. No, I didn't. I didn't even watch it. Once half, like, here's what I did. I turned the game on. And then I made it my home channel and I just started bopping around and I'd go back every five minutes, yeah. check a I score, watched. check a score. And then once the halftime show, all right, I'm going to go watch something else for 15, 20 minutes and turn it back. Like, like you said, it was very, I, I think the score had a lot to do with it. You yeah. know, it, when you get a blowout like that, congratulations to whoever had one and nine. I hope you hit big and <laughs> I hope you enjoyed your numbers. Um, but yeah, it's like anything. Once you start watching the the, the blowouts, it it's it's not enjoyable anymore. And not being a Bucks fan or a, a Chief Chiefs fan, yeah. you know, who cares at that point? You now know, listen, it, I I mean, there were other for, uh, entertainment, right? There have been other bad games, and we just talked about them, right? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I've watched blowouts. I mean, I remember that 49 or Bronco game in 89. That was beyond bad. Yeah. I remember, you know, like you said, the Bronco game a couple of years ago was really bad. But when you look at the overall package, the Super Bowl has become such a non-secular, you know, event. Yeah. You know, where outside, like maybe Christmas or the 4th of July, it's probably the biggest American holiday out there. You know, I can tell you, you know, 
looking at supermarkets, they're filled that day more so than any other holiday. You know, the parties that went on, they're usually the biggest outside of the major holidays. For all intents and purposes, it's become a it's become a holiday in this country. Yeah. And I just think that the, whether it was COVID, whether it was a combination of, of the packaging that the NFL, NFL did, I just thought it was atrocious. And then, you know, look, I mean, you have the specter of the, you know, the politics with it again. You know, the commercials were, you know, kind of slanted in that direction. And again, I, I'm not looking to offend anybody, but I get the message after the first or second commercial, man. I, I get it. You know, to, to have it rammed down my throat 15 times in a row on it, every single commercial, you know, for, for a guy like me, I mean, let's put it this way. Even a guy that supports, you know, the message one way or the other. I mean, I can't imagine you watching the same type of commercial, you know, repetitively for three hours is going to make you feel good. You know, and I just think that when you put it all together, it wasn't just the gameplay. It wasn't just the halftime show. It was just the whole package. And I think then wrapped up with the COVID experience of the effect on the Super Bowl. Like I went in, I went to a supermarket that afternoon to, you know, get a couple of things. We had a couple of uh, my kids' friends over, you know, nothing major, one or two people. And usually we get a hero, we get pizza. I'm sure everybody does something similar. And I walked into the supermarket and the place was like a ghost town. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, the shelves are kind of empty, but there was nobody in these supermarkets, man. And usually that day, like I mentioned, Oh, that's a that's a big rush. You go to supermarket like three in the afternoon or something. It's going to be a mess. But I, for me, Mike, it was just a, it was a big fat zero for me. It really was. I think that you know, I, I'll say this. Uh, you know, the fans make the game. Yeah. And when you only have twenty thousand people there, it doesn't sound like sixty thousand people. Well, and, you know, I'll say this to you. I, 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 I like I like you said. I thought it was just very humdrum who gives a shit kind of game i'll say this to you so i watch a lot of european football soccer right i'm wearing a manchester united hat so i read something today where you know basically there's nobody in the stands over there either and they're talking about teams that you know traditionally do very well at home Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're not doing well because there's no fans in the stadium so a team like manchester united or a liverpool you know that have huge 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 you know home field advantages, you know, you've got like 75 to hundred thousand people screaming in the stands, no longer there. It negates it. And all of a sudden they're losing games at home that, you know, granted soccer is a different game than football here in America, but it's the same premise. You know, all of a sudden that advantage is completely gone. And, um, you know, there you got a little bit of, you know, an an added layer. I mean, we have a friend Gerard who we went to school with, who is a big soccer fan and maybe he can, yes, Maybe he can tell you a little bit more about it, but when you've got a hundred thousand people at home and they're screaming, and you got a referee who's going to either call a penalty or not, yeah. and they got these guys screaming at him like like they're going to kill him, I got to tell you why. It probably plays a little bit into the guy's mentality of whether or not he's going to call a penalty, which again in a soccer game can really affect things. Yeah, and I can't imagine here in the United States like the Chiefs at home, or maybe the Bucks at home, or you know, the Bills at home, right? Or the Minnesota Vikings, you know, you take those fans away, you know, like you said, it makes you wonder on how much of an impact it had on the game. And I tell you what, going back to what we were just, you know, talking about, I think for someone like me, it definitely made a difference, you know, seeing no fans in the stadium are very few fans. And, and plus, think this was the first time in Super Bowl history the home field, someone actually had home field advantage in right. the Super Bowl. Right. And now you could only fill it up to like a third of the capacity. 
And if you go back and watch our podcast last week, I told you I thought the Chiefs were going to win in all fairness. But I did, t- I did say I thought the game was going to be close, and I thought that if the Bucs were going to win, Brady would be at home. You got Tom Brady, you got a good defense, and you got a running game. And obviously it would come down to turnovers, which played a part in it. You know, I think yeah. they uh, – you know, I think for me, I'm not an overly big Brady guy. You know, I get into it with my buddies. You know, I think that obviously Brady gets all the credit for it, but the reality of it was watching that game – a Tampa defense shut down the greatest offense oh, yeah. in the NFL at this point. And uh well, they didn't have three guys on that line playing right at KC line. So I, I mean so. I mean, I'm I mean, not gonna I'm not gonna make you know, not making excuses or anything for him, but you know. Uh, but even going back to Brady's other Super Bowls, I mean, if you look back at all the wins that he've had he's had, I mean, again, he gets all the credit. He's the GOAT because he's won seven mm-hmm. now with two different teams. But how many of those games that they won were attributed to, you know, defense, you know, their defense shutting down the greatest offense, the greatest show on turf, the Rams, right? You know, Brady didn't do that. You know, um, we're giant fans. I mean, every time Eli threw an interception, I mean, he got blamed for it. But how many times did a defense blow the game and Eli was getting blamed for it, you know? So the quarterback gets a lot of play of that. But, you know, I looked at that game and I said, you know what? Tampa Bay, Tampa played a really well-rounded game, and I think ultimately, as much oh, credit yeah. as Brady got, I think the defense and the running game and the coaching staff should get credit too, which they won't. I th- well, I think like you got Todd Bowles is probably coming back as a he's going to be a head coach after that performance, and I also think uh, who is it Byron Leftwich now? I think he's going to get a look. Yeah. After what he just did with a forty-three-year-old quarterback, and and a guy that was out of football for a year, and another guy, Antonio Brown, that was like his career was over, and they turned that team around, you know. And don't take it the wrong way. I mean, as much as I dislike Brady, and I don't think he's the goat, he arguably is. And listen, he had a lot to do with Antonio Brown being productive this year. You know, you also got to take into consideration Gronk, who is probably the best tight end in in in, in history at this point. Or at the very least, you can make an argument for him being the best tight end, just like you can make it for yeah. Brady. But Brady's got a lot to do with it. You know, listen, he's a hard worker. I was reading, you know, his regimen on how he's kept himself young at 43 years old. And I got news for you. He could probably play another five years the way he's going. And I mean, the way the way, that, well, the way the rules are. Right. You know, and he's yeah, he's got like some psycho regimen. He, the guy eats nothing but like kale and what, you know even though he's drunk at the Super Bowl parade, right? <laughs> but just think, a guy like that probably doesn't drink all year, and he probably had two right. beers on a boat and is is wasted and getting carried off. And it's true. And, you know, hey, you win seven Super Bowls. God bless you. And you see guys like our age, you know, that look like our grandfathers. And you, you got guys our age that look like they could be our kids. It really depends yeah. on how you take care of your body. And I think a guy like that with millions behind him, you know, in the conference that he plays with the rules, he could go another five years. I, I got news for you. They'll probably be back again next year. Yeah, and just think, I mean, the way, gen- like you said, the way genetics is with some people, the way people keep them keep themselves in shape, it's not going to be just quarterbacks. You're going to start seeing probably receivers, older running back, you know, guys are just going to, you know, <clears throat> Tiki, what was it? Tiki Barber tried to come back about, what was it five or maybe six years ago, seven years ago, after after he lost, you know, he he never won a Super Bowl with the Giants. He tried making a comeback. 
he got himself ripped. I right. Think he had one tryout with the Steelers. And who knows? Maybe it was just the pain. He wasn't he he was out for quite a while. When he, I think a lot he, of it's got to do with genetics. And I think a lot of it's got to do with the the way that he lives, man. I mean, you know, he's doing some, you know, really avant-garde type stuff with his yeah. body, you know. He's got stuff. yeah, he's got so much money. I mean, I would love to know what his budget is just for that, keeping himself in shape. I read somewhere, I think I can answer that. I think it was like 1.2 a year. He spends on yeah. nutrition and trainers and all that shit. And apparently the guy, I think that led to the demise of him with the Patriots, he has him on a regimen where he basically does the same shit every day. So like in the morning, he wakes up at 5.30. He's at like the weight room at 7. He's got the uh, the same as far as diet every day. He drinks like a smoothie yeah, 7 yeah. o'clock in the morning. He, he eats like kale in the afternoon. He doesn't eat any like red meat. He doesn't drink, you know, obviously like you mentioned. And I read that at some point, the people in the Patriots locker room, the guy's name's Alex something. I forgot his last name, but apparently they were, they were asking him questions instead of the, the medical staff on the Patriots. And allegedly what happened was there was a meeting where they were all in the locker room and Belichick was there and he was giving the meeting. And apparently this guy, Alex, the trainer, question something that Belichick said and Belichick flipped the fuck out excuse my language and he's like get this guy out and at that point there was a huge rift with him and Brady because Brady attributes a lot of his success to the way that this guy yeah so you know Belichick is like look I can't have a guy who's going to be contrasting what my medical staff is saying like he's running the show and I can get I can't definitely have him in my locker room questioning my authority on anything and I think at that point on, there was a huge rift and break with Brady to the point where I think it led for him to go down to Tampa. Oh. Interesting point. If you got a million dollars, you could be Tom Brady. Uh, <laughs> we're pushing an hour. It's time to wrap this baby up. Uh, I want to thank everyone for joining. Joining me, like I said, you could check us out. Check me out on Instagram, the Crack House Podcast underscore between the uh, the words uh twitter crack ha- at crack house pod and uh, if you want to drop me a line uh, email the crack house pod at gmail.com and don't forget to check out my buddy jack at i can paint uh what do you got anything chris yeah man we got uh listen i know everybody's still in lockdown but keep pumping it up uh dj chris clash for your entertainment purposes you know, when things break right, you know, give me a call. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll do a good show for you. You know, we go from weddings to bar mitzvahs to christenings to backyard parties. You name it. I got it. I've got over 100,000 songs in my database. We put on a great show. I've got some nice testimonials. You know, um, I'm hoping, you know, for things to get back to normal so we can really, uh, you know, have a good time out there. But Mention Mike's name if you hit my website up or if you uh, text or email me. Just mention Mike's name, the Crack House Podcast. I'll make sure you get a nice discount. And uh, I hope everybody's okay out there, man. Hopefully uh, we do this again. All right. All right, Chris. Thanks again. Uh, Next week, I don't think we're going to go as political as we did this week. I think we'll keep it light next week. I think we might go conspiracy theories next week. I think let's look some conspiracy theories. We on. could talk, you know, I was I was hearing, you know, for all those out there, we could talk UFOs, you know. All right. You know, moving away from politics for a second. I don't know if anybody saw it, but 
in the COVID bill, one of the stipulations that was in the COVID bill was that the CIA and the FBI release everything that they know about the UFOs over the last 25 years. Right, why save, was, why save was, this shit for next week? Save why was putting the bill? I don't know, but we can get into that. All right, we'll get into that next week. Like I said, folks, have a good one. We'll see you next week. Get your tinfoil hats ready. It's going to be conspiracy week. And as the old timers say, tell your friends, tell your friends, <laughs> tell anybody, tell your enemies. <laughs> See you next week, everybody. Bye bye.